This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Stand by, Rutherford County. The WGNS Action Line continues a search for truth. Good morning to you. Welcome into the Action Line from WGNS. This morning, we're going to be talking law and order. We have some friends from the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office with us this morning. And uh, want to ask you a favor. If you have questions or anything, hold off until the second half of the show. Uh, we're going to touch on a few things to start with. And then if you have a question, maybe that'll come up. Uh, feel free to call us during the second half once we take our first break. And we're visiting this morning with uh, two young men who are involved with the canine program at the sheriff's office. Uh, Deputy Richard Tidwell is with us this morning. Richard, good morning to you. Good morning, sir. Good to have you with us. Thank you. And also Sergeant Lee Young. Lee, good morning to you. Good morning to you, sir. Good to have you with us. Uh, both of you have your dogs nearby? I have mine in the car outside. Okay. And how how long have you had your dog with you? I've been a canine handler with the sheriff's office for right at a year now. Okay. And, and was the dog brought in when you were brought in, or was he already with the sheriff's office? We were both brought in at the same time. Oh, okay. Have you done something like this before? No, sir. Uh, what what, uh, what impresses you most about this? Uh, his abilities. Uh, the more I study... And the more I learn about him, more every day when we work together, I learn something new. Um, the way that he's able to differentiate smells and the ability to know what he's looking for, and this is what he's going to find, it's just it's impressive every day to watch him work. I'm amazed at how different these dogs are and how they can train them to smell uh, individuals, to track people, to find cadavers. Uh, through smell, and they even have been working on training some people to, or some dogs to uh, smell if somebody has uh, the coronavirus and different diseases. Uh, it's, I just have no clue how this could happen. Well, so, well their ability to uh, category odor is, is what's so amazing about them. Where we walk in the room, we'll smell the, uh, the strongest odor, mm -hmm. and we might get a hint of something else, but what they can... Uh, do is category each and every odor that they come to and it, it doesn't matter as far as the uh, the strength of the smell so it's it's the they can actually make this odor they can take it away from the others that are in the room and they say hey this is a problem with whatever that might be well the way I like to testify to this is uh, say uh, your mom's cooking vegetable soup they can uh, come in there and they can tell you every odor that's in, or every ingredient that's in it. Oh man! <laughs> now, how do they? Are there certain dogs that are better for tracking uh, the scent of people, tracking drugs and different things? Or the are or can dogs do all of those? Well, we look for hunting dogs. Um, the uh, it's hard to beat a hound 
as far as their ability to uh, to um, recognize and, and pick up odor, the uh, um, the um, they've just got better capabilities of, of smelling. Uh, I run a patrol dog and a narcotics dog, and uh, I wouldn't want to put him against a uh, a bloodhound as far as tracking. Uh, uh, they they take in more more odor. Uh, but uh, I wouldn't uh, wouldn't get rid of my dog and trade and trade him for a hound either. His abilities to do other things also. What kind of dog is it? That you have? It's a Belgian Melanois. I don't even know what that is. What? <laughs> um, remember uh, Caro, the uh, the dog that went in with Seal Team Six. Mm-hmm. That was a Belgian Melanois. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Now, do you still? I remember for some reason. When you see movies on TV with the canines, it's oftentimes a German Shepherd. Do, do they still use those, or did these dogs come in and out of favor? We have uh, some German Shepherds on our team. They're at Sheriff's Department. We run nine, uh, a nine-dog team, and uh, we uh, we have four German, four five, four German Shepherds, and uh, they. Uh, they, their capabilities are great. Um, just the Belgian Melanois is more, uh, more of an athlete, more agility. They're, they're more of a headache. Uh, I remember my first Belgian Melanois, I'd, I'd run a German Shepherd for a while, and uh, I was like, holy smokes, what, what have you done to me? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this becomes part of your family. Yes, sir. And you take it home with, with the kids and what have you. Uh, uh, do they blend in with the family well? Uh, Fred has blended in very well with my family. Um, he's turned into a bit of a mama's boy at home on the weekends. Um, he loves my little one at the house. He'll get up and mess with him. If he goes somewhere, he wants to know where he's going. Um, he's very alert, but he's very people-friendly. What uh, Does he wear, if you if you take him out shopping, say, or you're just going out for personal things, uh, does he wear a, a, a sheriff's uh, coat on or, or something that shows that he's a special dog uh when we go if we go out in the public just we're going out just to roam the town we don't normally wear anything special he has a special tracking harness that he knows that when that gets out he knows it's time to actually go to work it's not just let's go play out and go play fetch in the yard or take a walk around the block it's it's time to go find somebody so that's that's his signal that's his trigger yes Okay. What, uh, how much training does it take? Are, are each of these dogs different? Uh, we started last July in training, and we went anywhere from three, four, five days a week all the way down to December this past year, and we finally felt confident enough to go for certification. Mm-hmm. Now you say we, so you were in training too. Absolutely. He trains me as much as I train him. So you're really a team. Absolutely. So is this the way it is with, with all of the, the sheriff's canines? It, it's probably one of the hardest uh, accomplishments that a canine team can, can complete. Uh, I've seen grown men cry trying to, to train a dog. Uh, you're trying to get, get a, uh, a very intelligent animal to do something that you want to do that you don't know how to do. And uh, it's sort of like learning how to uh, two-step or, or do a shottish, and uh, and neither one of you know how to do it, and you're trying to figure out the beat and, and the moves. And uh, it's uh, I've seen uh, 
or, or talk to uh, people that, that's gone through uh, basic training or even some of the special forces training and, and, and they're going, it was competitive to that, if not harder. Now, once you get this together, do you suddenly say, I know there's a bond here and, and, and I, I, we're in sync, we're one. Do you have that feeling? It usually takes about a year, year and a half to to really trust uh, to trust your dog and the dog to really trust you and and to learn that that your emotions affect the dog because he reads off of it. But um, you know, you may be uh, you may be tracking um, after a bad guy and go well. I'd go this way. And the dog's wanting to go the opposite direction, and you've got to go. He knows better, and for that ability, sort of a sense that you don't have. Right. That's, I mean, it's it's an unknown, and you've got to you've got to trust his nose to know that that he's right, and that's what you train him for. But you know, with us, and, and most of your canine handlers or most of your police officers are are an alpha type. And we want to we want to overthink the problem, you know, a lot of times, and we'll go. This is the way I would go if I was, you know, if I was running, and or, or if I was if I was lost, and, uh, he's and there sometimes to, it's not there that way. He's there to protect you and the other officers too. Yes, sir. Uh, and, and does the dog have that sense of knowing that his life is in danger? as well as yours i mean because as you mentioned you're you're tracking some bad guys out there uh and those people uh, more so today than ever they don't care about anybody's life that doesn't mean any value to them at all the um i can't say that they they know that their life is in danger but they can sense um through us that it's a high um a high intensity uh, problem that we're trying to solve. Mm -hmm. um, once we start putting on heavy vest and we're grabbing long guns and all, you can change it. You can see the demeanor on the on the dog change, or even when you're getting out and looking for a small child. Mm -hmm. You know, training is different from real life. They they can understand the emotion that, that's going through us and they'll read it very well. How long have you been working with the dogs? <sighs> Probably about 25 years. So you've seen some good things and you've seen some sad times yes sir i have what as you look back over those what was the most difficult time in your working with the canines losing your partner i mean it, it's like a child i mean losing your partner's the worst time or watching one of your buddies lose have you partner. had that happen more than once i'm on my sixth working dog the others didn't grow old with age no sir well i've had one that that I handed down to to my partner and and he uh, died of old age and, and uh, my last working dog died of old age but I had one that escaped her uh, kennel got hit by a car one night and then I had one that uh, broke his back and they had to put down and I had one bloat uh, one what? Blo bloat he had a twisted stomach oh. and which is is common with with uh, big chested animals like horses or, or, or dogs. So none of them have been shot or killed by a, a, a felon or something? The, the, the dog that I am working now back in um, 
13, I think it was, heat-stroked and almost passed. I don't mm -hmm. know if you remember it. Uh, Eli, we were chasing some guys that did home invasion there off Manchester Highway, and uh, he heat-stroked and almost passed. It was very, very close. We never think about those things, but the dog, I, I guess he, he is so determined to finish whatever he started, he doesn't think about heat or being tired or any of that. He just pushes on. Yes, sir. <laughs> they, they've got a really high drive, there, and and we make them warriors. Uh, you know, we build them up. It, it's um, You think about football practice or baseball practice, that's what we do. Every week we train to make them stronger and smarter, and, and, and it's a team effort. It's uh, um, it, it's as much the handler as it is the dog, and the dog as it is the handler. These dogs save lives, not only the lives of the people in the community, but they save your lives. Most definitely. Mm -hmm. Do you look back over the time you've spent with your canines and have either one of you known deep down that dog saved my life? I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for I've had dog. a couple of occasions. Uh, one that um, that uh, brings uh, to memory first is uh, me and one of my partners, uh, we worked the uh, the interstate unit there for a while, long time. The, the, uh, and, uh, was that the ICE unit? The only? ICE unit, yes, sir. Th that was a great service you it, did. It sure was, we, and we enjoyed it. We, uh, we had a, an, an awesome team, and um, every individual made the team, and mm -hmm. uh, we were uh, committed to each other. Uh, we were brothers, uh, and still are. Um, we uh, got called out. It was probably uh, 11, 12 o'clock at night for a stolen car. Um, I was, uh, when I started, there, there there wasn't any really canines in here. My uh, my roommate, uh, Runde, uh, Gary Templeton, had a drug dog, and he's actually the one that they got me started with uh, uh, being a canine handler. And uh, so uh, we got called out on a stolen car. We had, we had tracked them. Uh, we were unsuccessful uh, finding them. We were uh, on our way home, and uh, they got a call over behind Summer Lake Apartments, and they were fairly new, that there's a uh, little boat ramp there, and that a car had gone into the, the river, and the headlights were still on, and that nobody had gotten out of the, the vehicle. Um, so my partner had, we had just split. Your partner being the dog? Or Scott Lawson, excuse oh, okay. me, I'm sorry. Uh, was Lived there at Summertown, and he was pulling in, so he got there within a minute or so and uh this was in uh, november spitting snow and uh when i get there he had swam out to the car and was actually trying to dive into the car and into a rescue um he uh, you could see the lights on the car were still on and uh and it was cold i mean it was very cold um i jumped in i swam about halfway and realized that there wasn't going to be no need for me going out there. I wasn't going to make it and swim back. And uh, by the time Scotty got through trying to reach into the car, um, hypothermia had, had reached in to him or, or starting to take hold of him. Uh, he couldn't swim back. We couldn't get a boat to him. Uh, rescuers were starting to get there. Uh, and uh, I took my uh, my dog, uh, Arak, and told him to go out there to Scotty, which, like I said, we were a team. We all worked together. 
and uh, he uh, swam right out to Scotty just like he was supposed to and Scotty fell off the car and right on top of him and sunk him and uh, the dog swam back to us he's like I'm not going back out there again and uh, so we threw a tennis ball upstream past him and uh, with a rope attached to him and uh, Scotty finally got a hold of the rope and the dog managed to cut the rope loose and uh, he uh, uh, we pulled him in and, and uh, then uh, the uh, paramedics uh, went to saving his life. He was he was in bad shape by this time. But he'd been out there for several minutes or probably 10, 15 minutes in the water. But if it hadn't been for A-Rock, you wouldn't be here. Neither he, would, he wouldn't be here. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, and then there was a couple times on the interstate that uh, that uh, we fought people with guns. Um, there was one time that uh, my uh, my partner Chris uh, had stopped a car. He asked for us to, to come uh, uh, help me search a car. He goes, Lee, he says, I, I know it's here. It was uh, three fellows from Chattanooga. Um, they were some pretty bad guys. And uh, we got to searching the car, and, and I asked him if he had searched them, and he's like, well, I patted him down. And uh, so I went back and, and started searching. Um, and uh, I noticed that the bigger of the fellow, which was, was a very big fellow, um, he uh, uh, started looking around, started getting real antsy. And I go, he's got, he's got the dope. So I uh, went over and started searching him. And uh, uh, he had a package concealed on him. And... Uh, I yelled at Chris that, that I'd found it, and he come out really quick. We ordered them on the ground. As they were going to the ground, I ordered the dog out also, and uh, I left the window down on it. It was before bailouts, uh, where the doors open automatically when you push a button. And uh, he uh, um, came out, and uh, I downed him. And as the guys were going down, we heard something hit underneath the car, and uh, we. Uh, we got them all cuffed up, got them back to the car. We pulled the car up, and there was a pistol up underneath the car. And uh, on the video, you can see him uh, targeting us, and he's bringing the gun up, and he's got it almost to us, and then he sees the dog come out of the car. And uh, we had actually recorded the conversation there in the back seat of the car, and he said, I was going to kill him, but I didn't think I could get the dog. So I would mark that one up as, as a rescue Dogs for the dog. He yeah. did. There was a couple other times. So, uh, so the criminals are, are, are knowledgeable about <clears throat> the intensity of these canines, and they know that it's nothing to mess around with. Yes, sir. We're very fortunate to have as many canines as we have here in this county. Are, are we pretty unique, or are we about like any other county? Um, I think we're pretty unique. Um, when, when I first started... Um, uh, it, I was pretty much on my own. Uh, I had a little help. Uh, Gary Templeton, I, I put a lot on him. He helped me as much as he could, but he also had a life, and, and I was hungry for it. I enjoyed it. Um, so when my, my first dog, Lily, passed away, um, I ended up with my, my second dog, and, and we had got it out of Indiana and uh, at Von Link Kennels, and uh, was a very, very good dog, but I had very little knowledge of what I was doing. and. He was cross-trained patrol dog and, and narcotics. I was uh, 
uh, pretty accomplished on the narcotics part, but but the uh, the patrol part was very new to me. And I went through a five week school up there, and uh, during a blizzard. And uh, you always get the bad weather. Oh, it's it's uh, it was uh, it was something. And uh, we uh, we accomplished a lot in considering the weather. But uh, I get back and I've got nobody to train with, nobody that can help guide me along. And uh, I bounced around a little bit and uh, finally got to go into Cookville. And and I was this was in the time before we were, uh, you know, we were were paid for our training and, and paid for our time. And um, so I would uh, I drive to Cookville uh, every week, and then uh, the uh, sheriff's department would let me take uh, the patrol car up to Indiana, and I would go up there and and uh, I would uh, I would train back there at the kennel a long time, and uh, I put a lot of hours driving back and forth to to gain that knowledge, but. Uh, it was something I was hungry for and something I really enjoyed, um, and uh, and it takes that. So we what we offer now is um, any jurisdiction around us um, can come train with us, and uh, so Murfreesboro has teamed up with us. Me and Gary Templeton, uh, we uh, we do Lincoln County, uh, uh, Cannon County. Uh, Right now, they they uh, just lost their dog, or, or the dog handler uh, left, and uh, you know they're kind of like uh, a lot of agencies that that uh, their their salaries below uh, below standard, and uh, and they'll train up an officer, and then the next thing he'll know, he'll go to a higher you know a higher paying agency, and they've lost a couple of canine handlers that way. Uh, they try hard, uh, and they try to benefits uh other than pay but it's just uh it's, it's hard it's hard not to look at the paycheck when so you get are, are we able to hold people here um you'll have to talk to administration about that okay. um it's uh it's something that uh that we work but murfreesboro does have you know have a a, a, a nice draw to them uh, but we we've got a lot of extra benefits with us too uh we, uh, so you, you got to love what you're doing, though, because this is... If you go into law enforcement, you really have to love what you do. It's a public service, and that's the reason they call it what it is. Uh, and uh, you've got to enjoy to want to hurt, you know, want to uh, help people and, and get out there. And uh, um, it's blood, sweat, and tears. Uh, it's... Uh, I went through uh, pilot school, and my, uh, uh, my instructor told me, you know, this is 90% boredom and 10% stock terror, and, and that's kind of what law enforcement is. Uh, it's uh, it's taking reports and 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 listening to people, and 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 when you're in law enforcement, um, a, a lot of it is uh, is listening to people that's got a lot of problems. Uh, but you and, don't know what they're going to do next. And well, you you can't. It's hard to sort the bad guys from the good guys. Sometimes it's it's obvious, uh, but you can be in the middle of a domestic, and everything can be going good, and uh, and it can it can change really really quick without notice. So you have to really be on your toes. Tell you what, let's do. We're we're talking this morning about a little bit of everything, but canines, uh, the challenges that 
deputies and officers face on a regular routine and how these canines make a world of difference. We're going to pause for just a moment. We'll be back. And when we come back, we'll be in the segment where if you have a question, and I know some of you, this is real. This is real life. We're not talking about a TV show or a drama. This is real life that that we're talking about this morning, and you're hearing that. So if you have a question, 615-893-1450, and you can talk or text, whichever you prefer. We'll be right back. Two powerful FM signals, one AM signal, and online at WGNSRadio.com means that you can listen to us anywhere. AM, AM FM, FM, online. Hi, this is Peter Demas with Demas's Restaurants. One of the places I love to eat out the most and still be able to do so and maintain a healthy weight is at Demas's. You can get those options on the menu online at www.demasrestaurants.com. You can make the decisions that you want to make before you come in. We have options ranging from grilled chicken to fish. You can get it with a side of green beans or spinach or even zucchini. Please have your family join our family for lunch or dinner at Demas's. Hi, this is Dan Mitchell at Music World and Drummer's Den, Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Come on over to Music World and Drummer's Den for lessons on any instrument with strings, keys, or drums. We also have a full line of live sound, uh, amplification, PA systems, lights, everything you need to play your local venues. We are your local music store. You need to come see us. Music World and Drummer's Den, 2762 South Church Street, across from Indian Hills Golf Course. Good morning. Traffic still moving right now here on 24 as you make your way up through the Hickory Hollow area. All that traffic flow continuing out of Coffee County in and through Rutherford County. Just busy out here up and down. Sections of Middle Tennessee Boulevard pretty much on schedule. Hey, Gatlinburg Wine Cellar is home of the world-famous cotton candy wine. Check out their flavors at GatlinburgWineCellar.com. I'm Commander Chuck. You're on time traffic. It's so important that we recognize our veterans, shake their hands and say how proud we are of the service that they have given to our country and that we thank them for that. I am Becky Bookner and we salute our veterans. We're talking with Glenn King, a World War II veteran. I dropped out of high school and joined the Marines. WGMS proudly salutes and remembers our U.S. veterans who have served our country. When I came back to the States, I was stationed in the Marine Barracks in Washington, D.C. We were assigned to the White House, and we did a lot of traveling with President Truman. Did you have interactions with President Truman back then? Yes. When President Roosevelt was president, he found out that there was a CCC camp 80 miles west of Washington. You said the CCC. What is that? Civilian Conservation Corps. It was on top of a mountain in Thurmont, Maryland. He commandeered the CCC camp for his rest camp, and Roosevelt named it Shangri-La. President Truman had the presidential party up there. We all would eat our three meals a day in the CCC mess hall. In the mess hall down the middle was a great big curtain. President's party was on one side, and the Marine detachment was on the other side. And every once in a while, President Truman would come and swing that curtain back, sit down and talk to us. And what he would say is, son, what state are you from? When they mentioned the state, oh, I know your senator real well, real well. When President Truman took the reins, he renamed what Roosevelt called Camp Shangri-La. The new name was Camp David. This has been a salute to veterans. 
Restoration One of Middle Tennessee. A team of experts and immediate responders who help homeowners after disaster strikes. After disaster strikes. Fire, water, or storm damage. We can help you get your life back to normal quickly. Restoration One Middle Tennessee.com. Locally and veteran owned. Now more than ever, start your mornings with WGNS. Swap and shop with Bart Walker. Weekday mornings, 750 to 810 on WGNS, AM, FM, online. Welcome back. Our phone number is 615-893-1450. We're talking this morning with Deputy Richard Tidwell and Sergeant Lee Young from the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office. And we're talking about canines and what canines do for all of us here in the community. And again, uh, Lee, how many canines do we have here? We've got nine canines. Nine, okay. That's including, including mine. Okay. Uh, we're going to talk about Fred right now. And uh, Fred is... Uh, Richard's uh, partner, uh, Fred's out uh, waiting and patiently outside. I'm sure he's listening out in the car now. Okay. <laughs> well, he'll give you a review when you get back. Yes, he's quite vocal. Well, Fred has become uh, a star. I mean, he's quite popular. Uh, Fred and I got in uh, to training and working together and gotten quite close. Uh, we got a call here recently about... Um, from administration asked if I was available because I was off that day said there was uh, reports of a missing endangered child in the neighboring over in DeKalb County um, I got all the information and address and where to go and some people to talk to I said give me five minutes I'll be in the car we're on our way uh, I loaded Fred up loaded up all his treats rest of his gear we jumped in the car and we took off out to that location um, of course Fred's all excited you know in a hurry we get out there he's hooping hollering and everybody's like fred's here we're in, we're in good shape now yeah um we run through our procedures we check the house check now, tell us because some people may not be aware of this you were looking for a missing child. we were looking for a six-year-old missing endangered child she apparently presumed to have been abducted by her father and hiding in the Pea ridge area out in the cab county um she'd been missing approximately a month um local DeKalb County officers been searching and they had her to where they thought was about a one to two mile block area mm -hmm. close to where he was staying. Um, our fire rescue team along with the drone team had been dispatched out to see if they could spot anything. They'd been out in the afternoon not having too much luck. They had a few hot spots they wanted to check and showed me on the screen where those areas were and I said well we're going first thing we're going to do is we're going to search the house. I'm going to get a sin article from one of them because it was presumed they would be together um got my sin article i went back out to fred i said we're going to start right here at the house i assembled my assembled a team of a few other deputies that had been notified and come out there with me um that time i got fred out i got his harness which is his trigger he knew it was time to go to work um got him ready to go team's all set i issue him the the scent article which at that time i'd used a, a piece of clothing he started right there at the front of the house he made a bullet line straight for the front of the house so you, you let him go and he goes on his own i, I give him the scent article he usually he usually cast around the area that we're at he made a straight line towards the front of the house 
we already knew that the house was clear. There was still a deputy standing guard in front of the house to make sure nobody had come back in. I tell him, all right, let's get back to work. He proceeds back down the little ramp at the front of the house. He goes right around the house. There's a little walking trail where people had been walking. You could see it. He stayed right on that track, nose down, tails up. He is pulling me with all he's got. Goes all the way around the house. He comes back up, starts sniffing at the front of the house again. You know, we still have our the other deputies kind of cordoning off the area. He walks out, goes to the end of the driveway, sticks his head up, starts air scenting. He makes a hard left on the other side of the driveway, nose back down, tails up, and he heads straight to the back of the property. Walks right up to the steps of this this uh, little shack or shed. Sniffs up one side of the door, he sniffs over. He's really hitting and alerting towards the door handle down the other side, and he sits down and he looks at me with his tail wagging. That's usually his alert that an odor or somebody has possibly gone through that doorway. I asked him to confirm that he's, to confirm that that's what he wanted. He said, show me. He sniffed that doorknob again, started pawing at the door. At that time, I pulled him back. We attempted to open the door. It was locked. Uh, would not open so at that point I, I pulled Fred back just for security purposes and some of the other deputies went in along with the cab county uh, we got into the shed and that's where we located the child and her father they were both there they were both inside this shed it had she was okay she she was tired she was dirty she was hungry thirsty um but she was very very grateful i think now, how to see long us. did this take uh from when i put him on the ground to the point he tracked back to and found her was just a little over five minutes. That's amazing. I mean, it's, it's hard. It's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Is this normal? I, for missing kids, I wouldn't say anything is normal because you never really know what's out there. But I always go in with the best intentions to do everything that Fred and I can to try to locate a missing child or miss, missing adult for that matter. So, and you, you're using all sorts of technology. You mentioned drones, mm -hmm. uh, heat sensing, things of that. These are things that we didn't have in years past. Correct. Does that make a big difference in your job? Uh, my job is I, fo I follow Fred. If he's telling me we're going left, we're going left. If he says he wants to go through this through this building or this barn, that's the way we're going to go. Because I, I have to trust what his nose is telling him that, the scent is that way. Well, you're saying the same thing, basically, that, mm -hmm. that Lee had said. Uh, even though your your inner self may be mm -hmm. saying, go this way, you have to learn to go where the canine you is. You have to trust your trust your partner, yes. Because they have senses you don't have. Correct. And it, it you saved that child's life. I yep. mean, for all practical purposes. Very well could have, yes. And... It, You've only been with the sheriff's office for about a year now, is that right? Be a year at the end of this month, yes, sir. Not, not even a year. Not yet. you. Hmm? You've been there more learning. I've been at the sheriff's office five years. Oh, five. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Fred's been there a year. Been there a year. Uh, in that one year period that you and Fred have been partners, have you? Do you feel like you have served the public even better thanks to this partnership? I I feel I have another. Another benefit to that I can bring, yes. Um, I love being a canine handler. I love that opportunity to help families reunite. Because, I mean, as a parent myself, I know the agony of 
can imagine not knowing where your child is. And then for me to be able to, myself and Fred, to go out in the dark, in the rain, in the woods, and go digging around and come across their child and be able to bring them safely back home to them, it's, it's a great feeling. Now, I know we can't talk about things of that are under investigation and things of that sort, but there's another case uh, somewhere in Tennessee, we won't say where, where there's a missing child and the court proceedings are going on and they have no clue where this child is. Why can't they find a Fred to help them? I mean, you hear all sorts of stories of a car hit him, the parents killed him, the child's been sold, you know, different stories, but it looks like there'd be some scent somewhere. Well, to, to do that, East Tennessee has got some amazing, amazing canines and search and rescue um, with uh, the parks up there and uh, the prisons. Uh, they, uh, I know they've got a, a man tracking uh, group up there that we've trained with that is, is amazing. And, uh, and I've worked with some of the canines up there uh, uh, in years past and, and know that there's a bunch of uh, good guys up there. Um, what a lot of people don't understand is, is when we get involved with it, it's personal. It's, you know, you, you, you look at, the, you know, we all have kids. Um, we're, we're parents, we're, we're, uh, we're um, sons and daughters and, and we have friends and, and it's hard not to be emotional when you get involved with this. Uh, and you kind of have to take your emotions out of it uh, and get up there and do the job that you're supposed to do. Um, those guys are working hard um, and uh, they, uh, I know they're throwing everything they've got at it. Uh, but just sometimes it's just it's not the way it's supposed to be. No matter what you do, it's just not the way it's supposed to be. Uh, now, usually these dogs are from different states, faraway places. Fred is a local hometown hero, I understand. Uh, tell us about Fred. How, how did, uh, where's Fred from? Uh, Fred was donated from a nice lady that lives out in Rockville area. Um, I think he had gotten a little too big for her to handle. Um, she knew some knew somebody that was she was trying to see if we could find they could find a place for him and uh, word spread around and Sergeant Young here I believe is the one that heard about needing a blood somebody need a place for a bloodhound to go and got in touch with the the lady that donated him and they started working with him a few times going to see noticed his excitement when they showed up in the driveway. Um, I before I became a handler, I would still go out to training because because I loved the canine aspect. I'd been on a few tracks. I I've seen the dogs work on traffic stops, you know the patrol dogs. Um, but when I've got to go on my first track assisting another bloodhound handler, that's that's where I was like, yeah, this is what I want to do. This is this is it. And then lo and behold, the opportunity came up. Fred became available for adoption. That done the work and. I, I've loved every minute of it. It almost sounds like you, you learned, you, you become, uh, you get to the point where you have a favorite type of dog that you want to work with. Yours is obviously bloodhounds. Uh, you have a different type. Uh, 
that you have over there, Ali. Is I, I do, but I want to comment. It 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 sounds easy, uh, as far as Fred. But Fred Fred was a uh, um, was very different. When we went to get Fred, it was me and and uh, Michael Romans who handles our other bloodhound, and we went to test Fred, and uh, he he is a big. Uh, I want to say clumsy, but he's just, he just, he lopes and, and just wants to play. He's and, a big oaf. I'll, and, I'll say it. And uh, he, uh, he's a very beautiful dog. He's a liver colored hound. He's uh, 85 pounds. Mm-hmm. That's and, not huge. I mean, it's, when you say big, I was thinking he was 150, you know, 200 pounds. Something like that. Um, he, uh, he pushes his weight around, but when we, uh, when we went to look at him, uh, we try to take them out of their inv- their uh, their element, so that mm-hmm. way we can actually see what we're getting and get them out of their comfort zone. Um, we had to kidnap Fred. He did not want to leave the backyard. He, he that's where he'd been the, his whole entire life. He'd never been out. He was too big to to put in a car for for this lady, and uh, we we literally had to drag him to the patrol car, pick him up, and put him in a kennel. And and you would thought that uh, that uh, he lost his best friend, and uh, we take him out, we walk him around, and try to play with him, and and he liked to play, but we he wouldn't take any food from us, uh, and and he's a chow hound now, but he he wouldn't take. We tried hot dogs, we tried ham, we tried everything, and uh, he wouldn't do anything. But um, the second or the third day we went out there, he put his nose to the ground. And he started tracking a little bit, and he liked it. And uh, so this was natural for him, but it he was just very, didn't very know. natural for him. And even though he wouldn't take food, he wanted to play. And so we started working off the play drive off of him, and uh, it just advanced from there. But it wasn't like we just went and got him, and it was like poof, he was a great dog. He uh, it took a lot of work and a, and a lot of uh, uh, a lot of sweat to to get him where he was at. Uh, now, did you do a lot of the training here, or did did you have to take him somewhere else? Or? Uh, with the bloodhounds, we do we do our training here. We we do travel uh, when we get our patrol dogs and our our um, narcotics dogs. Uh, but uh, with the bloodhounds, we were fortunate enough to be able to get them here. Now, with a bloodhound, do they do specific crimes, uh, or are they pretty much able to do everything? Fred is trained for search and rescue, um, tracking, trailing, um, majority of everything. Anything we've had so far has been missing persons. Mm-hmm. Um, I do look to possibly expand his abilities, but right now with him being so young and still a big oaf, I'm still trying to... How old is he now? He is just over a year and a half. Oh, he's a puppy. Then. He's still a puppy, yes. <laughs> a very big puppy. <laughs> Does he run up to you and want to jump up on you and he is yes <laughs> and everybody he's a very friendly person he's very tolerant with the kids um we've done a few demos mm-hmm. um just to show the kids another aspect because he'll go up you know i'll tell him to sit down he'll he's sit down the kids will come all around him and they'll be petting on him loving playing with his big old floppy ears and hugging on him and he sit there and he'll he loves you know, it oh he loves it absolutely loves it but are these dogs available for the public to come and pet and love at the sheriff's office? Or, or what do you call and 
set up an appointment for them to come to your school or what? Um, for stuff like that, there we have a community service unit. Um, Sergeant Gary Heron's in charge of it. Um, I think he's out of the office right now, but I'm sure if they get a hold of the sheriff's department, they can get him get a voicemail over to him to see about doing demonstrations. We do. Uh, we've called it the Dog and Pony Show, where we brought a canine and the Mounted Patrol unit brings a horse out for all the school kids and stuff, just so they can see what all the sheriff's department is capable of for them. Now, we have just a few minutes left in the program. Lee, tell us, uh, do you need more dogs? If you had more dogs, I know it's hard to get more deputies sometimes. If we teamed more deputies with dogs, would that make up for the the need for more deputies? We're running a, a pretty full shift right now. Um, I think they've talked maybe putting one more on. Uh, but I, that may be later on in, in time. COVID really, really set us back, uh, and it, along with everybody. Uh, and so um, I think everybody's trying to regroup, try to figure out what, what's going on. Do you still have the horse patrol? We do. Mm-hmm. Okay. We do. They're very active right now. And uh, um, like I said, they're doing their demos, and, they're, and they're, they're a great asset. They really, really are. They really make a difference when you need them. So we, we have a pretty full-service sheriff's department here. Oh, we do. We do. We've got a uh, uh, Tier 1 SWAT team. I think I'm telling you right. Uh, uh, they're very good at, at, at uh, rescuing people, especially a lot of people that are in distress. Um, and uh, they, uh, we've got our mounted patrol, our, our detective division. I'll, I'll match no, you know, no one. Our patrol is, 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 is awesome. Uh, a lot of caring people. Uh, uh, we've got some great supervisors. Uh, I know we've got some applications out there for some post-certified officers. If anybody wants to put in, uh, we'd love to interview you um, and uh, come be part of our family. I understand we've got about a minute left in the show, but I understand that uh, with everybody looking, uh, with the government, county government looking at purchasing the old state farm building, that could be a real asset for the sheriff's office, I don't know. Um, I don't know enough about it to tell you. Um, we, uh, I know we, we're outgrowing the facility that we have now. Uh, we, we, uh, we, we need to expand. Uh, but like I said, that's that's more for the uh, that's way above my pay grade right there. That's more administrative. <laughs> well, on that note, we want to say a special thank you to Deputy Richard Tidwell and Sergeant Lee Young from the K9 Patrol at the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office for joining us. Thank you to Fred, who's uh, listening to the broadcast uh, out in the car, and he will give a full review of, of how, uh, Richard, you did. So hopefully you'll get a big lick for what you did today. I'm sure I will. <laughs> Very good. Thank you again. Stay with us. Truman is next. You've heard of him, I guess. <laughs> right here on your Good Neighbor Station. See you tomorrow.